Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about how to start living your life with more bravery and to stop playing it so darn safe. We'll be covering the idea of staying remote and also the she covery as both topics continue to become more and more relevant in today's landscape. We are joined here live in Austin, Texas, here at Capital Factory. Not bad. We'll work on that one. And I am very fortunate to have an amazing guest, Dr. Margie Worrell, founder of Global Courage. Dr. Margie Worrell draws on her background in Fortune 500 business, coaching, and psychology to embolden people to lead themselves and others to better outcomes. Margie is highly sought after as a keynote speaker and expert, having worked with organizations such as Salesforce, NASA, L'Oreal, among other well-known companies. She is also a member of the advisory board of Forbes School of Business and Technology. The titles of her other books, Find Your Courage, Stop Playing Safe, Brave and Make Your Mark reflect your deep passion for emboldening people to lead braver, more purposeful lives. In 2010, Margie founded Global Courage to advance more women to decision-making tables. She is a Women's Economic Forum honoree and ambassador for women in global business and Google's Women Will program. Margie is also the mother of four teenage children and enjoys sharing adventures with them and her husband, Andrew, of 25 years, most recently summoning Mount Kilimanjaro. So as you can see, Margie is truly world-class, and this episode is going to help you out if you're looking for that courage, bravery, and boldness that is needed in today's world. So without further ado, let's launch right into episode 233 of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Margie, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us on the show today. And I just want to kick into your brand and your expertise. Obviously, so much of it is about empowering job seekers and encouraging them to stop playing it safe and live more bravely. I imagine you saw a problem in today's society and were inspired to tackle it. But tell me more about this problem and how serious it really is. Look, I think the problem is timidity and fear. And it is wired into our psychological DNA to protect ourselves from situations where we might feel rejected or like a failure or like we're not good enough in some way. And so often that fear of the feeling that we think we're going to have if we put ourselves out there, go for a role, try and make a change in it and it falls short. That stops us often from even just daring to pursue a change or to do the things that would actually serve us. And so, you know, this relates to job seeking, but it's across the board in in every area of our life where we so often hold ourselves back. It makes so much sense. And I think about the so many job seekers out there who are making these transitions and imposter syndrome, which I know is another thing that you've talked about before in your content, but it's this feeling that sometimes we're inadequate moving into whatever role we have to be in. So let's define like what is imposter syndrome and is it something that, how do people struggle with it? It's the phenomena whereby people don't fully internalize their strengths and successes. And so 
They find themselves moving into positions, uh, being rewarded for their efforts and often feeling unworthy of that. And so it creates this fear, this low-level anxiety that at some point they're going to get found out as a fraud, as not smart enough, as clever enough, accomplished enough, etc. And the irony is, is that it's really something that very low achievers have to deal with. It tends to be people who are more high achieving, who tend to set the bar pretty high for themselves. And so they're always going, oh, I'm, I know I could be better. I know I don't know everything. And, and so often focus in on what they're not versus what they are or what they haven't done versus all that they have. Absolutely. And I've talked about this before in my past and just like having become a leader in my own company as CEO, you know, really encountered a lot of that in my own life. It's like, what am I doing really doing this? And especially as we grow, it's just this huge stretch outside my comfort zone. And it's tough sometimes, but it's also reassuring to know that it's this anxiety is a normal thing. And it's something that a lot of people who are pushing themselves are going through it. So if you are listening to this right now, you are not alone. And I'll let you yeah, finish that and thought. I would just say... No, you are not alone. It's very, very human and very normal. But the key thing is here is not to let that fear sit in the driver's seat. So you might feel like, oh, I don't really know what the heck I'm doing all the time or a lot of the time. But the problem is when we let that fear stop us from then doing more of it. And the only real way to overcome it is by doing the very things that you, that little voice in your head saying, don't do it. They're going to find out that you're not good enough and actually just defying it. And it's by actually being in action and doing those things that you go, you know what? Maybe I do deserve this. Maybe I am good enough. And so don't let that fear call the shots. I love that. So that's a perfect segue into the heart of this podcast here. So let's talk about building confidence and bravery at its most fundamental level. What does it mean to be brave in our careers? Let's talk about the vision of having that sort of boldness as we can move forward within our careers. You know, I think at the heart of it, it's about moving toward what inspires you, even if it stretches you and scares you and involves some element of risk. It's not about being reckless or foolish and doing stupid things, but it is about being willing to lay your vulnerability on the line for something that you just feel called to do, like you've been pulled in a direction and not what other people say you should be doing, but what it is that you really want to do, which sometimes takes you off the path of what other people say you, you should be doing. And as humans, we don't flourish and thrive when we are stagnating and we're sticking with what we are 100% sure we can't fail at. And we need to be constantly stretched and to be growing. And so if you've developed mastery in a particular domain and you stay there because now you're just really good at it and you can't mess up, that's actually not serving you. I mean, it's okay maybe for a little while, but it's not serving you. We need to be continually growing and, and moving on to something new and to developing new strengths and competencies. So in our careers, you know, it's continually just asking yourself, you know, what is it that I, I'm feeling called to do next? It's not about, you know, never being happy with the status quo, but also not kind of getting stuck in a place of complacency. I love that so much. And so many of us, and even me in my own past, had that complacency because it's comforting. I mean, why else would we want to go outside of that comfort zone? But reminding ourselves that growth is an important part of our careers and something that all of us really should be striving towards. So not shying away from that lack of, from that discomfort, I would say is, is a good thing. So that's great. 
I will ask you a little bit of strategy here. Let's say that we are looking to move towards that more courageous future. What's the first step when we're trying to do that as job seekers or people within our careers? Well, you know, and obviously we all have different strengths. We all have different interests and passions. And actually sometimes we're in different positions. We have different types of opportunities. And so one is just getting clarity about, you know, what is an environment and what are the kind of things you'd be doing if you were really, you know, doing what lights you up, you know, do more of what lights you up. And so getting clear about what it is you want, because it's hard to kind of create the the dream career or the get the dream job if you haven't yet right. got some parameters and metrics on, well, what is that? You know, what would I be doing every day? What kind of things would I be spending my time and my energy on? What kind of people would I be working with? What kind of culture would I be thriving in? What kind of industry or, you know, a service or, you know, what is it that actually is really meaningful to you? So one, getting clear about what you want is absolutely first step. So getting clear on what you want is you're defining it as figuring out what lights you up, what really motivates you in all these different aspects of your life. Okay. So what does that look like in practical terms? How would I figure that out if it's something that I'm still not sure of? I mean, I talk to a lot of job seekers either on the phone or friends in my own life who are still having a hard time getting clear on what motivates them. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's lots of really, actually many of them free tools online uh, via strength survey, et cetera. Things that kind of help you get some idea of, you know, what is it? What are my strengths? Because we always do best when we're operating from our strengths and developing our strengths. Think of the times in the in your life when you've really enjoyed what you were doing. And, and if you're like, oh, sitting under a coconut tree sipping, you know, margaritas, you know what, that won't have been fun, but actually if you did that every day, it would wear thin. So like what are the things that actually draw on your God-given strengths and talents? Because I believe we're all here for a purpose and we're all here to do something good. And if you think about, well, who is it I love to help? What are the things that people always just come to me for and naturally come to me for? You know, where is it that people are most grateful for me, that I tend to be able to help solve problems or add value in a way that others appreciate? Because that may be a clue along with what you've done in the past or maybe you meet someone every now and again and they're doing something you're like, oh, and you're really interested in that. You're like, I'm not really passionate about something, but I'm interested in it. And as I wrote in my book, Stop Playing Safe, you know, we when it's in the element of what are our natural strengths, what are our, our skills and expertise, and sometimes that comes from our biggest setbacks and failures and heartaches and hardships. What is it that where we make an impact, where you know, others really value us, and then what is it that aligns with our values as well? And, you know, it's somewhere, the sweet spot is somewhere in there, and that continues to evolve as we get older and we learn more and we experience more of life. That's great. And I think something I wanted to touch on reading your bio several times is all the things that you've done to overcome fear of failure and all those types of things. So could you share a little bit about your journey and how you were able to find that courage and really get clarity on your mission to help other people find courage as well? Because I think that's also very inspiring. Yeah, I should start by saying I'm still finding courage. It's not like this isn't like a discreet thing like, oh, yeah, I found it in 1999 and now I'm good. I have to keep finding courage all the time. It's just in different ways, right? When you conquer fear in one domain, then something comes up in another. I grew up on a dairy farm in the Aussie bush and I studied business and started my career in the corporate world. And then I moved to Papua New Guinea when just after I got married and I thought this seems like a cool thing to do with my husband. And then I 
was working in, in marketing again. And while I was there in my late 20s, I just thought, you know what? I don't want to keep doing this. I really want to work in something that's more meaningful to me. And I went back and studied part-time psychology and ended up training as a coach and going down a whole new career path in my early 30s. So, and as I even think of that path, that I've been on now for you know a couple of decades, I honestly continually keep moving toward what it is that gives me energy and yeah. not doing the things that are not for me. Like I see other people doing stuff and they're successful at it. I'm like, yeah, but it's just not something I want to do. And I've worked hard and taken lots of risks along the way too. But I think that for anyone who's listening, experiment, try things out. You don't have to, you know, come up with the be all and end all. Just talk to people, try things and give yourself permission to figure it out as you go. But it is way better to be in action and to be trying things than to be sitting at home doing another survey on what am I supposed to do with my life or reading other books. (laughs) Don't wait for the answers or the aha moment. It's by being in action and trying things, yeah. even figuring out what doesn't work that you actually discover. Yeah, you know what? It's not that, but it is this. Yeah. And that was one of the favorite things that I just discussed with you before we even did this podcast was it's just don't wait for the feeling. Take action first because sometimes the feeling follows the action. You don't have to wait for that. So. Yeah. Sometimes we have to behave our way into believing. And it, like if I waited till I felt like going to the gym, every, you know, maybe I'd never go. But by going, even when I don't feel like it, I get fitter and fitter and actually I feel more like it. But it's the same with maybe getting putting yourself out there in the job market or looking at changing careers. Don't wait for the day when you're just feeling all pumped up about it. Just be in action, you know, commit to doing one thing every day that's going to move you in a direction. And then, you know, the more you talk to people, the more you share with people what you want or what you're looking for, what you're thinking about, the more people that can help you, connect you, give ideas, suggestions, make introductions. So it's about being in action. I love that. That's awesome. I also want to pivot before we talk about staying remote into the topic of uncomfortable conversations, which I know is something that we all have to deal with at certain parts in our career, some more than others. But let's talk about those conversations where it does require a certain amount of bravery, that conversation with your boss, quitting, asking for a raise, anything like that. But I'd ask you what strategies you might recommend in in getting that job done correctly. Well, one is just set your highest intention for the conversation, the highest mutual intention. You know, what's the best possible outcome you would like to get out of this that you also get ultimately serves the person you're talking to as well you know what is going to be the biggest win-win out of that so get clarity about that before you ever have that conversation because the space the emotional space that you're going into a conversation if you're being defensive or if you're entitled or if you're you know kind of like ah, you're not putting yourself even in the shoes of what would actually be helpful for them too that's not going to set you up for success Secondly, is do take some time to put yourself in their shoes. You know, what is it that they might be concerned about? What is it that they value? How do they measure success? And how can you support that? How can you show up in a way where they're going, yes, I want what you're selling. I want what you're offering. I want you on my team. Or I want to support you in actually leaving my team and going somewhere else, which is sometimes the case. So, you know, I think so often we get very focused on our stuff and we don't realize that, you know, the person we're talking to, they've got all their stuff going on too. 
And so the more you can speak into their listening, to their concerns, to maybe their fears, maybe they think you're a bit of a risk. How can you alleviate that? Maybe they don't understand the value that you have to bring. You maybe need to articulate that more clearly in a way that that really speaks to the context that they're operating in, not your context, but their context. I love that. But what if I'm nervous about having the actual conversation and managing that relationship? Do you have any strategies there as well? Look, obviously, when the stakes are high, we can often feel a bit nervous. And it's okay to feel, if you are feeling a bit nervous, just own it. But if you're feeling really nervous, you're like, oh, you know, and that actually may undermine how you're being perceived. For instance, if you're going for a job interview and you're so nervous you can hardly speak, that's actually going to undermine how you come across, right? People love confident, enthusiastic, positive people, not people who are sort of like sitting there and can't speak properly. So make sure you get your head in the right space before you ever have a conversation. Those nerves are not about the person you're talking to and they're not about the interview. They're about what you're telling yourself. And so I often encourage people, whether it's an interview or a tough conversation, take some time and get your physiology in the right place. You know, stand tall, take a few big, deep breaths, really own your value and stand tall in your worth or sit tall on Zoom. But when you're operating from a place of, you know, you really value what you have to bring, it kind of helps to dissolve those nerves. And you're going to, not in a kind of like, I'm really good and you need to know me, not in an arrogant way, but just in a, in a way that conveys that you're comfortable with yourself and you know your worth and you know your value. So one, if you're nervous, get yourself in the right space first. But if you are going into a conversation and you're, you know, you are a little nervous, you might want to just, you could even just say that, look, this is, you know, a little bit nerve wracking for me, or I'm a little bit, I've been a little bit nervous about this. And so just forgive me here, but you know, I've kind of been thinking about this conversation a lot and it's important to me. And that's why I'm feeling a little bit nervous. And I think that can just also help to put you in them at ease too. That's amazing. It's great because this whole topic is about bravery and courage, right? But that everything you've said isn't, we don't have any fear whatsoever. It's not about not being fearful at all. It's about how to manage that properly. So I think that's encouraging for a lot of people because it's just not realistic at the end of the day to expect people to just have no fear whatsoever. So I think that's great. So that's actually a perfect transition to the uncomfortable topic of asking your boss to stay remote if that's something that people are opting to do. I know during, in this current landscape, people are moving towards that. And a lot of people are realizing that they do want to stay remote permanently. But before we go to that question and how to approach our bosses with it, are there benefits or what really are the benefits and drawbacks of staying remote? Obviously things on each side of the ledger, right? So the benefits are clearly there's lifestyle benefits for many people because they get to, you know, skip the daily commute and can live somewhere that may be far more appealing to them than they had to commute. So there's some pretty obvious benefits and I think most of us are really aware of them. What I have found myself needing to highlight to people in recent months is to zoom up, think over a longer period of time and go, well, what is it that I'm potentially missing out on if I stay remote? And particularly if you want to be a 100% remote. So I think the world is different. We're going to have a hybrid working arrangements and much more flexible working is going to be the way of the future. That's no one's in dispute about that. But I do believe that those people, and it depends on the job, right? I mean, clearly it's context dependent. Clearly it depends on what you do. But 
the fact is most people operate in teams and you cannot replace that face-to-face human interaction via Zoom. We often don't have the same conversations. The conversations don't sometimes get down into the granular level. Sometimes we don't have the difficult conversations that address really important issues. You don't necessarily kind of bounce off each other. You can't read someone's body language. You don't have those spontaneous, impulsive conversations as you're walking out of the meeting room. Because a lot of important exchanges happen in the five minutes before the meeting and in the five minutes after the meeting. And people who don't go back, and I'm not saying full-time, but they can miss out on building relationships. I believe that many people who don't go back won't, will be disadvantaged for opportunities. I absolutely believe those who are willing to go back um, at least a few days a week are going to build relationships and land opportunities that those who aren't willing to will miss. And, you know, and if you're like cool with that, okay, great. But, you know, maybe when there's cutbacks, you're the one that, you know, you haven't built up the relationships as much and you might be the first to lose your job. And again, it just, it depends on the situation. But I really believe that organisations are worried about team culture, camaraderie, the collaboration, the creativity, and that is really optimised when we, people do come together at least some of the time. It's such a great response because, right, every different person has their own individual needs. I mean, for us, we used to be, you know, working here in the office pretty much five days a week, right? But now we've realized really the benefit of having that hybrid, flexible work schedule, at least for us, and we found it to be really useful. But, I mean, you are right when you say that each person may have different, you know, needs based on their role. So after getting that clarity on where we need to be, how do we actually approach our bosses and say, hey, I would like to stay remote most of the time or part of the time? It's, it's a tough thing. Again, put yourself in their shoes and think about, okay, how would I feel if I was my boss? What would my boss's concerns be given what I do? And again, it depends on what you do. Is it an individual contributor role where you just have your head in a, in a spreadsheet all day or are you someone that's supposed to collaborate and, you know, come up with better ways of doing things? And so, you know, I would start by being really collaborative and just say, hey, you know, I absolutely want to be a really valuable member of this team. I absolutely want to be someone that you can turn to and count on to do an excellent job and deliver huge value to the business. And so I really want to work with you on on finding the best path forward. I would love to be able to um, work remotely. Ideally, for me, it would be 100% of the time. I get that you may have some concerns about that. I've given it some thought and I've got some ideas on how I can address some of maybe those concerns. But, you know, I'd love to just talk with you about it and see if we can find a way to move forward. All about getting on the same side of the table as the person you're dealing with. And I think that's the most important thing versus thinking about me, me, me. These are my needs and what I want. It's also focusing on the other person and coming together and optimizing it. Yeah, because so. maybe, maybe in sparing yourself the commute that you get to do more deep work every day and you're not interrupted in an office where it's open plan office and everyone's always disrupting you. Maybe there's things that you can do now that you, being remote that you couldn't do if you were coming in. Maybe you can work extra hours and maybe there's ways you can make sure you're keeping those team, those relationships alive because you're going to... So just come armed with ways that you're going to make it work. Don't make your boss have to come up with that. You come being really proactive. And, you know, everyone wants to think that the people on their team really care about the team's mission and not just about themselves. 
I love that. Margie, thank you so much for your answer so far. I'm going to turn to our final subtopic of today's episode, and that's going to be about the she session. Hope I'm saying that correctly. And currently the she covery. So the pandemic has transformed a lot of our jobs and particularly women who are having to deal with a lot of elements of life. So let's define these terms first of all. I think it's a great thing to discuss and a great thing to unpack. So what are these terms and what do they mean? The she session and the she covery? Yeah, well, look, obviously, I mean, most people are aware that women had to bear a disproportionate amount of the burden during the pandemic that we're not out of yet, clearly, but virtual schooling. And in some parts of the world, I'm obviously an Australian. And I mean, in Australia right now, they're half the two thirds of the country is in lockdown, people are homeschooling. And of course, men more and more today share a lot of that, but still a generally a disproportionate amount of the load, both the physical kind of, you know, right. load, but also the mental load of all the things we have to think about. And as a mum of four kids, I know I have a great husband, but I still carried more of the mental load, like, oh, I have to fill in that form and, you know, that would wake me up at 2.30 in the morning. And so a lot of women during the pandemic just said, it's too hard. I can't homeschool three kids and try and do this job. And they left. They quit in droves in unprecedented numbers. In fact, there was, you know, nearly a million, 850-something thousand women left the workforce over a period of six months last year. Of course, many, many, many have gone back. But Many of the kind of the gains that have been made over the last decade, the fear is that that's sort of been lost in terms of the economic empowerment of women, women in the workforce, which dropped to a, a low that hadn't been seen for decades last year. So we want to make sure we're getting women back into the workforce and that we're recouping on the losses that occurred. And the smart organizations are really being proactive in making sure they're being as flexible as possible and normalizing, you know, really flexible arrangements that allow women, particularly with school-aged kids, to be able to pursue careers and be the parents that they want to be. Right. It's a huge issue. And we've written blog articles about it and how, you know, the statistics are not lying. It's absolutely true that women are bearing the brunt of this. And so one thing that I liked in a blog article that you wrote is use the term, I think it was bounce forward instead of bounce back. And I think that's such a great way to put it. So I'll ask you, like, what's really, what is the first thing that women should do on their road to bouncing forward in this next stage? Uh, well, it's that old adage of put on the oxygen, your oxygen mask first. I believe that many women have been putting everyone else's priorities and needs ahead of their own. And we are natural caretakers and that's how we roll most of the time. But we have to be able to really recharge and renew ourselves. And so I cannot encourage women enough to just carve some time out for themselves. And yes, it's great to be able to go off on a, I run a, a women's retreat, a Live Brave Women's Weekend. And it's great to come to things like that. But actually, it's the little things you do for yourself every day or, you know, really regularly that matter the most. As hard as it may be, carve bits of time out of your schedule, even if it's five minutes here or there, just to recharge yourself, body, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And I think that's the number one thing I would say, you know, practice selffulness. It's not selfishness. It's not selflessness, but just filling yourself up because your kids are going to benefit from it. So is your partner. 
Right. Absolutely. I think just adding on to that, so many of the things that you've said during this episode already can be applied, you know, towards women, towards men, but all of that really getting clarity on where you belong and what really drives you. I mean, I think that's just so great. That's awesome. Thank you for everything that you've brought to the table so far. And I'll ask before going into you, what final words of advice do you have for career warriors looking to move forward now? Just give yourself permission not to know what you're doing and to figure it out as you go. And when you don't land the perfect outcome, you don't land the job, you didn't land the big sale, you didn't land it, you know, just be careful in the way you're explaining that to yourself and look for the learning that that holds and focus in on that learning and remember that failure is an event. It is not a person. And the more you're willing to risk it, and to exit your comfort zone and try those things that stretch and scare you, just the more you're going to learn and grow and ultimately succeed. Dr. Margie Worrell, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Career Warrior Podcast. How can people find out more about you and what you're up to right now? Awesome. Well, yes, they can. Anyone, I invite you to pop over to my website, margieworrell.com, which is just my name with my funny accent. And uh, or please connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And so I just love to stay in touch. But yes, I have a newsletter I do on LinkedIn and via my website that I encourage people to subscribe on or listen to my own Live Brave podcast. Fantastic. And so the books that you've written, what was the last book that you wrote? Ah, well, there's actually kind of two. You've Got This is a book that I think anyone who needs to just back themselves more and doubt themselves less would really benefit from, particularly if you've been going through a difficult time. But I also just released a brand new version of my book, Stop Playing Safe, written, I wrote over the last 12 months in this pandemic. Um, And it's really focused on helping you be braver in your work and leadership and life and taking smarter risks. So there's two there. You've got this, stop playing safe, take your pick. Um, But I think people will get a lot of value from either of them or both of them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And for those of you listening, I will make sure to drop those books as well as how to get in touch with Margie and her social media handles on the description of this podcast, as we always do. Just make sure you're not jogging or driving and make sure you are safe as well. So Margie, thank you so much for joining us today. You are fantastic. It's been my pleasure. Perfect. All right, listeners, this wraps up episode 233 of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure, of course, to check out the description of this podcast if you want more resources. And of course, we love hearing from you. So make sure to post this on your LinkedIn profile and tag me, leave a comment, and I would love to engage in further conversation. That wraps it up for today. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify, but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning.